My name is David Orban, and uh, I am very glad to have all of you following the show. Before we start, I want to remind you that even if we are live, you can always watch the episodes both on Facebook and on YouTube. And on YouTube, you can also subscribe to the channel. We also have a Discord community, and I invite you to uh, join by subscribing on davidorban.com slash discord. And finally, if you find the show valuable, as well as all the content that I produce together with my team and the knowledge that we share, you are welcome to become a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash davidorban. Today we are talking about tools and experiments, and specifically about what is a teleprompter and how to use one. I will go into more detail about how the teleprompter works and show it to you specifically and physically. Uh, right now, uh, during this introduction, I just wanted to joke around a bit. And uh, that is because actually I am reading these words off the device itself. I would like you to tell me in the comments if you feel that my words are spontaneous, if the delivery is lively, or if you believe that the fact that I am actually reading the words from the device is distracting from the spontaneity. To complicate your job, I can confirm that even though I am reading the sentences, actually I didn't write them. I spoke them because I dictated them using a speech recognition engine. Okay, so let's get into it and let me show you how a teleprompter actually works and what is the kind of also software that I'm using with it right now. So that came off uh, the teleprompter itself as it was projecting me the words right in front of the camera. Let me show you by sharing the screen uh, how the teleprompter looks like while I am going to try to reactivate my second camera uh, actually without uh, causing all the echo that, uh, that you heard before. So the teleprompter uh, is a, a very simple device uh, if you mm, want to look at it uh, the way that uh, that uh, it can be minimally uh, made to work because it is basically um, a two-way mirror that uh, uh, lets the light through into the camera while at the same time reflecting whatever is laid down in front of it at 45 degrees and then a black cloth that uh, uh, encloses the camera so that the light uh, uh, in the environment doesn't pollute the image that you want to see clearly in front of you. There are a couple of complications uh, for me uh, in this uh, uh, setting right now, which I have to improve, and maybe I will be able to, to show it to you as well through this gizmo. This is the one that I want to make work uh, bringing it into the show without uh, having you go um, 
you know crazy with the, with the echo one is that the the cloth as it was supplied by the package that i i acquired uh, is too short so it doesn't enclose the camera and and there's a, a hole uh, that that is luminous because behind it uh, there is light and the second problem is that i am myopic i should have my glasses and i am almost uh, at the point where i need to squint in order to be able to read the words rather than using a phone i should be using a tablet uh, but it looks like the only tablet we have uh, lying around is is as big as the old uh, um, ipad pro the first quite nice and i enjoyed uh, using it and i'm still enjoying uh, using it but uh, uh, I, I didn't try putting it uh, uh, on um, the tray in front of the teleprompter yet. Now, let me try this uh, once more and let's see if uh, uh, it works. It, it did work uh, before as well, but of course the problem was that, uh, that uh, you um, couldn't follow me because everything was just too noisy. One thing that I could do is you know i i will try it once more like this because i am actually telling the 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 phone not to share audio and 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 i think it should obey what i what i'm saying so entering the okay is there an echo well is it too bad? And I don't understand. Why isn't this completely mute? I mean, really, it is at zero. Okay. Um, you are telling me that it can be um, acceptable. All right. So let me actually add this to the stream. Or I could do something different. I could try to mute myself here, make myself heard here, and then you can once again tell me if you can hear all right, because now you are picking up what I'm saying from the phone instead of my regular uh, microphone here. All right. So I guess if you are not telling me that it is not working, it is. In that case, I will remove the old one of myself and start moving around. Okay, so this is the teleprompter. You see, very, very simple. It is just a 45 degree mirror and there is the phone laying in front of it. Now, a funny part is that the words on the phone that I finished reading are mirrored because they have to be reflected in the mirror and they will be straight after you see them in the mirror, right? These are the words in the mirror and th those are the words that I see. And the whole concept 
is that the words appear right in front of the eye of the camera. And as a consequence, as I'm reading the words, you will see me looking into the camera. And I was telling you about the holes. You see that we can see through the cloth here. This is the problem. I should uh, substitute this short bag with a bigger one. And uh, well, that is the simple hardware part of the teleprompter uh, in my studio here. And uh, we can now go back and I can add myself with the other There you go. And I will mute this. And let's see if there is an echo. There is one. All right. Okay. So I eliminated the, 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 second, uh, uh, the second camera because I don't need to go around anymore. And I hoped, uh, hope uh, you, you like that too. I, I don't think we spoke about the gimbal itself. Uh, if we have uh, some time, uh, we may uh, uh, speak about uh, the gimbal. Uh, that is also a very, very funny device. And uh, so the, the second thing that uh, I want to uh, illustrate to you today, as I illustrated the hardware part of the teleprompter, is the software part. Now, the software can be all kinds so whatever i picked uh, could work for you or not work uh, and there are really many many different solutions and i tried a few <laughs> so previously uh, with my friend and team member uh, emil we tried uh, to record uh, one of the episodes of uh, the context my weekly video which, by the way, I have to remember to record tomorrow morning because the week is running out and I'm busy with uh, the live show and uh, forget to record uh, the, the, the context. So one episode of the context was recorded actually twice. Once without the teleprompter and the second time after transcribing what I said spontaneously, improvising, and cleaning up the transcription a little bit, as well as the sentences that wouldn't turn out well, I recited into the teleprompter a second version, and then we compared the two. And our conclusion was that the spontaneous one was better. However, I believe I can attribute that to my being uncomfortable with the teleprompter because it was advancing the text with a constant speed and I was trying to get the right speed not too fast, not too slow but I couldn't achieve what I wanted it was either too fast and, and then I had to read rapidly and I could only think about, oh my God, it is reasoning, reaching the top of the screen and soon the sentence will scroll out of the screen before me being able to read it. Or the opposite, if it was too slow, uh, 
I would uh, be kind of bored. I would have to introduce artificial pauses and then Emil would either leave them in or he would edit them out. But uh, when you edit out a pause in a video, uh, the subject jumps, right? So that was uh, the that was the the, uh, the 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 trick. That was the reason why I wasn't happy with neither the process nor the result. Um, so I go back to my initial request. You may have missed it uh, because you were still laughing about uh, the mess I made with the audio feedback and the echoes at the beginning. But at the beginning. I read the text off the teleprompter and I was asking you whether you felt it was spontaneous or not. I am actually curious about your answer. Now, the, the, the reason why I want to know uh, the answer is because I think this time around it's, it's quite all right. And the reason why it is good is thanks to the software that I chose to use. Um, it has a light version that is free, but very smartly, the light version uh, doesn't uh, allow the flipping uh, as a mirror, uh, so it cannot be used with a teleprompter. It can prompt you, you can put it on the side of a camera, uh, you can do all kinds of things, um, so it is just fine but uh, you, you cannot use the free version with a teleprompter. So I paid the pro version. And um, the, the, the pro version has the flipping, but what matters is that it has the ability to automatically scroll in real time as you are reading the text. Because it uses speech recognition to move paragraph by paragraph. And also, what is smart, and kudos to the designers of the software, is that it is not obsessive about it. It doesn't matter if you introduce some extra words, or you drop some words, or you improvise a little bit. It will not get confused. It will not throw in the towel and freeze up or start at the beginning or do something, something stupid. It will just expect sooner or later to catch uh, words or expressions from the next paragraph. And when it does, it will start scrolling up uh, um, very um, smoothly, uh, but rapidly, to give you a view of the next uh, paragraph. And I think that is a great balance uh, between, uh, between the... the um, features uh, that um, you have to activate and uh, the expected behavior of, of the entire device. So the next challenge uh, is that um, I have an announcement to make. Now, for many of you, most of you, this is not going to be any, anything uh, uh, to be uh, you know, very excited about or, or something that is, is, is really earth uh, shaking for you. But it's a little announcement on, on my part, right? Uh, because I uh, started uh, an Italian uh, live stream.
And the Italian live stream has its own YouTube channel uh, today at uh, 2.30 CET, Central European time. Uh, I started uh, the, the, the first uh, of these, uh, of these um, streams. And uh, if you go to uh, davidorban.com, YouTube Italiano, uh, you will jump uh, directly uh, to the um, Italian YouTube channel where you can subscribe. And the number of subscribers is, is, is very modest right now. Uh, so I will appreciate if you do. And uh, in that channel, uh, there are the new episodes, starting today with episode number one of Qual è la domanda live. Uh, Qual è la domanda in Italian means uh, what is the question or which is the question, to be more precise, uh, because searching for the question would have been too long in Italian. I didn't like it. And um, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in the same channel, you can also find uh, episodes of my Italian podcast that I started three years ago uh, with a friend uh, who is also going to be a guest in the Italian channel, Enrico Pagliarini. Uh, on Monday, we will have uh, Enrico Pagliarini at uh, 3 o'clock Central European time as a guest on Qual è la domanda live. So back to the teleprompter, specifically to the teleprompter software. And yeah, what is the question? Searching for the question. So the question is, does the teleprompter support Italian speech recognition? Do I have to pay extra? Did the designers uh, think that this would be uh, a need? Well, I haven't looked into it yet. I'm crossing my fingers. Supporting multiple languages starts to be kind of a given in so many ways. So even if it doesn't happen right away, I know that uh, give it a few months, it will be incorporated, especially because there are a lot of companies that support so many languages. I'm sure that uh, you are familiar with uh, Google Translate. If you look at how many languages uh, it supports, it is just astonishing. There are so many and it's so cool. So, for example, we have a lot of uh, viewers in uh, uh, Pakistan. And so I say, uh, greetings to our viewers, wow, 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 viewers in Pakistan, exclamation mark. And uh, the, it, it can actually pronounce it too. Pakistan mein hamare nazreen ko salam. Pakistan mein hamare nazreen ko salam. Even slow, speaking slowly, like foreigners need, right? <laughs> it is. It is funny when uh, when you are in America, typically, and uh, they are speaking very fast. And you tell them, can you please speak slowly because I don't understand. They start shouting as fast as before, but very loud. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I'm happy that Google didn't uh, um, program uh, this uh, uh, speech synthesis system the same stupid way and uh, instead uh, uh, it is just uh, speaking more slowly and uh, uh, our friends in in pakistan if uh, uh, they are um, watching can comment if uh, this was uh, any good because obviously the machine translation makes mistakes the speech synthesis makes, makes mistakes and speech recognition makes uh, mistakes as well uh, and uh, as a consequence uh, we have to be tolerant to, uh, around these these errors uh, so back to the issue of my uh, teleprompter software i am looking to see if it will support italian speech recognition so that we can introduce my Italian channel videos with a nice reading of the teleprompter as well. Um, now, Lloyd Allen, hi Lloyd, thank you for commenting on the show. I would love to learn where uh, you are connecting from. Lloyd is saying syntax is everything and I kind of agree. Um, often a translation can work or not work depending on the sequence of the words that you pick and a very convoluted and complicated sentence will be harder to translate you may or may not be aware that google has been redesigning its uh, translation engine to be based rather than on a, on a statistical approach as it was before starting more than 10 years ago uh, when Peter Norvig, uh, the head of uh, research, the director of research at Google, uh, designed uh, the first uh, translation system, completely blowing every other system out of the water. It was based on a huge corpus that made uh, certain kinds of uh, statistical um, predictions, basically, on what the translated sentence would have been or should have been. Uh, but more recently, uh, Google Translate uh, Neural Network, uh, the neural machine translation uh, approach uh, is the more recent one. Um, hmm. Already four years ago. Wow. Okay. Um, and uh, and they published uh, since then various um, uh, blog posts about how this approach greatly improved the translation quality and the reason i'm saying is because uh, on my website uh, i have um, several languages i have stuff in uh, english of course in italian in hungarian in spanish in arabic etc not everything translated in every language but some in many but very often i translate things uh, from english into italian because i write uh, something in 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 english and then i put the english text into google translate look at the translation 
and then uh, I will say, wow, this is actually pretty good. And mea culpa, it's my fault. My sentences are often too complex. I like to use, um, uh, how, I don't know how do you say the, uh, the grammatical part of a sentence that itself could be a sentence standing on its own, but instead you put a comma rather than a full stop and you just keep going and you hope that you can pop out and close all the suspended thoughts that you left in the middle. So when I just brutally paste into Google Translate the, um, the uh, English version, the result is, is quite good. Um, Lloyd Allen says that he's from Canada uh, and the translation is absolutely tricky um, and syntax is not tricky. Well, it, it depends. Um, just uh, today I watched a YouTube video uh, that uh, was uh, remarking and I could find it in my YouTube history quickly actually of how there is a um, a um, there is a specific test that tries to trick machine systems of, of language parsing and uh, it is made exactly from sentences that are syntactically ambiguous not for people but for machines so let's see if i remember uh one of the uh, uh one of the um, one of the choices that was uh, this uh, uh this no i don't i don't remember the sentence apologies but this is the video and, uh, and uh, I will let it go uh, by its own. And uh, the subtitles. Uh, okay, so the Vinograd schema is what we are talking about. And, uh, and very shortly, uh, Tom Scott will uh, say the sentence uh, that uh, I am not remembering right now. Let me put it. Okay, there it is. Uh, the trophy would not fit in the brown suitcase because it was too big, right? The syntax of this um, sentence is not very complicated, but the it could refer to the suitcase or the trophy. And uh, we know that it re refers to the trophy because those are the things that go into suitcases unless they are too big. But computers do not yet have the um, ability to complete their understanding of a natural text with common sense. And uh, common sense is uh, something that uh, we have been trying to teach computers for ever. Um, the, the psych uh, project comes into my mind uh, that uh, now became um, something different 
but uh, originally in 1984, there you go, 36 years ago, uh, founded by Doug Lainat, uh, was uh, trying to, to complete millions of facts correlated to each other uh, to endow computers with uh, common sense knowledge. And uh, it was uh, really um, something very ambitious that for the moment completely failed. Uh, there were also other uh, very um, interesting projects. Uh, for example, the MIT Open Mind uh, project um, hmm, hmm. Uh, I don't remember which one. Not Open Mind Cluster, not the journal. Um, hmm. Open Mind Common Sense, I think this is it. Um, how to teach computers enough about the everyday world so that they can reason about it. How can they develop common sense? And... Uh, uh, this project was um, based on a crowdsourcing model where you would actually teach the computer uh, common sense originally. And, and I haven't looked it up uh, lately, so I don't know what uh, type of approach they are using now in order to try not only to manage but to increase and improve uh, the uh, common sense uh, database but I am at least very happy to see that it is alive because over the years a lot of people tried and gave up um, some of them and it was creepy because like three, four different common sense computer projects over the course of like three, four years, the founders of those projects died, committed suicide. And it was just so difficult to resist the temptation of triggering one's paranoid senses for conspiracy theories and uh, superstitiously attribute some meaning to these separate events. Um, and of course, I, I don't want uh, <laughs> to, to trigger you, so I'm not even going to give you pointers. If you're really curious, you can search and find these really heartbreaking um, events that that uh, that led people to 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 die, and then their projects uh, neglected. One of them, for example, I remember was uh, of an astronomer uh, that uh, was American but based in Chile, and uh, he. Um, was very passionate about this project and I also participated in the project that was gamified very smartly uh, in how you would feed the computer with uh, um, relationships between concepts. And when the astronomer died, 
his um, widow, I believe, tried to salvage the database. And, uh, and I actually don't remember the outcome of the effort, whether she directly succeeded or not. But even if she succeeded, I don't think that the project was then taken over by anybody and nurtured and, uh, and grown into something that could not only flourish by itself, but also represent a digital monument to the effort of the person who gave birth to it originally. And um, then there was uh, uh, an MIT project which very well could have been the predecessor of ConceptNet that I showed you, uh, where, where uh, the, the founder also died. And, uh, and it is, it is uh, heartbreaking for many reasons. Uh, also because we who, who survive are freaking out and are saying, oh my God, is there some kind of prohibited knowledge that these people were pursuing and uh, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the gods of uh, uh, omniscience uh, are keeping us away from breaking through and uh, realizing uh, agents of the singularity that could uh, reap uh, the forbidden knowledge? Christopher uh, says, interesting as usual. Thank you, Christopher. And, and Lloyd uh, uh, continues, and thank you, Lloyd, uh, um, saying things I don't necessarily understand on the fly, but I'm sure they are deep and important. Let me just read them out. Maybe I, it will be better than not trying to speak while glancing at the comments. The fishermen of the planet uh, laugh of those notions, passion. Uh, we didn't go to university. The sea was our teacher and lives were risked every day we would jump into suicide daily. Well, yes. And we admire the stories of those manly men. And uh, we are somewhat required paradoxically to both uh, resemble them, but then also to be cuddly and, uh, and uh, recognize our feminine side. What I think we gained and matured is a deeper understanding of the value of each individual human life. Yes, the passion, the creativity, uh, the ambition, the desire, the uh, dignity of, of uh, each of us as individuals, and we cannot uh, forget to have achieved that recognition. And that is why we mourn when we lose individuals even though 80 billion of us died and uh, billions of, of us will die. So <laughs> this was quite a detour, which I don't mind at all. And uh, a few of us uh, are still here. Uh, and uh, and um, we are ad-libbing, which is okay. I want to go back to where we started. We started at showing you what is a teleprompter. There you go. A teleprompter is a physical device 
that allows you to read sentences off a screen reflected in a mirror so that the words being right in front of the camera you appear to be watching directly your audience. It is complemented today by a software that will allow the words to smoothly scroll in front of you, in the case of the software that I am using through speech recognition. And I want you to tell me if you want me to increase my use of the teleprompter or not, because I actually can. The way I do it uh, so that it is working well and it is not at all um, interfering with my thought process and, and, and production uh, flow is I complement the use of speech recognition by the teleprompter software itself with the ability of computers to recognize voice beforehand. Now, I don't have a stable of writers and uh, I cannot rely on uh, uh, this non-existent stable of writers to help me, but I use speech recognition every day as I prepare a new episode of searching for the question live, I can just go ahead and dictate what I want to say with complete sentences. Without pronouncing the punctuation marks because they would interrupt either my flow or it would make the task of recognition harder for the computer, I can just use the keyboard for the commas and the full stops that I need to introduce in a sentence. I remember more than 20 years ago when I would do this and I would literally be sitting in a shop window with a large screen showing to the people outside and I would not be heard, but I would point to the glass and they would be kind of uncomprehending until I started having conversations with them. And it was kind of a singularitarian moment. You see, singularitarian is not in the vocabulary. because those people couldn't believe that the computer would be able to recognize speech so accurately. Anyway, I could keep going, but the point is that as I would prepare the text for the teleprompter that I would read to you for my future episodes, the process of creating that text could be pretty improvisational rather than contrived.
was fun. So that is why I can trust your judgment. Should I use the teleprompter? Shouldn't I? And um, I will, you know, uh, take your opinion into, into account. Uh, and, and Lloyd, yes, uh, I don't know if you uh, watch um, other episodes of uh, Searching for the Question Live, but I am uh, illustrating everything that I do very openly uh, because that is how I learn best, uh, by doing and sharing and getting feedback. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, I get uh, very, very passionate um, viewers like uh, Emiliano, who gives me advice uh, almost every episode. Uh, last time he told me to sit on a different chair because I had a, um, a chair with a high uh, um, back support that uh, uh, he felt was uh, constraining the view of uh, this beautiful bookshelf behind me. Uh, and uh, he would uh, tell me how to do the lights and uh, change the gain on my microphone. And I, I learned so much together with you that uh, it is really, uh, for me, the best uh, to uh, show uh, what, can be, what can be done. So um, let me tell you about tomorrow's episode. Tomorrow... Uh, we will have uh, on the show uh, David Bloomberg, uh, who is the founder and managing partner of uh, Bloomberg uh, Capital. Uh, he is uh, uh, a well-known uh, investor uh, in uh, Silicon Valley, uh, and uh, he will uh, talk about uh, a, a, a lot of things. Uh, certainly, we'll discuss uh, how... Uh, he came uh, to be an investor, uh, what uh, he feels uh, are the current challenges uh, for venture capital. Uh, we will talk about uh, how the coronavirus is impacting uh, the Silicon Valley as well as uh, uh, VC investing. As you see, uh, he um, is active on many boards of companies where he invested as well as he had some uh, pretty high-profile uh, investments uh, uh, in the past uh, with uh, a lot of successful exits. Um, it is funny because uh, uh, David was uh, a viewer of um, a previous episode and uh, uh, he made some comments uh, that were rather contrarian to the points of view that my guest and I were um, supporting at the time and I shared his comments and and he was positively um, he, he felt very positive about, about that simple act of allowing uh, constructive criticism to flow into the into the show and uh, so after uh, the show ended we um, corresponded and agreed that he would come on as a guest it, as a matter of fact, we do have um, a way for you to look at uh, who are the guests and to um, vote both on, on existing uh, guests already in the list or um, 
or to suggest your own. Let me show you the page. It's quite simple. It says, who should be a guest on searching for the question live? So I have to update this because uh, I already had Baratunde. Alex is coming on on Saturday and Olga is picking a date. So this is going pretty well. Uh, thank you for both uh, suggesting the names as well as for voting on them. And please feel free uh, to uh, vote for other names uh, to be invited and uh, for your uh, own interests. You know, don't hesitate to suggest people who you find interesting. I don't know, 80 billion, sorry, 8 billion people on the, on the planet. So Alex Lightman, who is coming up uh, on... Uh, on um, on the show on Saturday, lives on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if uh, he will like uh, this characterization, but uh, he is just incredibly active on, on, on Facebook and um, he has uh, many, many interesting uh, opinions uh, that uh, we may or may not explore uh, more in detail. Maybe you want to check him out beforehand, just like I encourage you to check out uh, David Bloomberg uh, uh, brief beforehand as well. And uh, um, on top of uh, giving you the heads up and the advance notice of uh, who will be the guests uh, and to inviting you to, to vote, uh, I also want to invite you in our Discord channel uh, to keep the conversation going, to comment on things, uh, and to sign up on my newsletter uh, so that uh, you can receive my weekly updates uh, about the things that uh, I'm doing. Uh, it used to contain a section that said, uh, where am I, do you want to meet? And the section is now kind of neglected because... For the past six weeks and more, I have been here in my beautiful home in Bergamo, Italy, in my wonderful studio, surrounded by thousands of books, no travel, never, wherever, nothing. Uh, also, uh, today, uh, we announced uh, the uh, Italian channel and Qual è la domanda live. And of course, uh, as always, you are uh, welcome to join as a, a supporter on Patreon to um, help the show and to uh, make sure that uh, Emil and Mauro and me, as well as uh, everybody else uh, helping me putting this together, can continue doing what we do. Uh, always better uh, learning and sharing, avoiding mistakes. And uh, uh, one of the mistakes I did today is that uh, I wasn't able to create the closing music, the electro Goals, as uh, Emiliano uh, is calling them. So I will say goodbye and close uh, the stream with just 
the silent image uh, of the episode rather than the music, but I hope you will forgive me and I will see you tomorrow with uh, David Bloomberg. Thank you and bye-bye.